We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Hey, boss. Remember me? Jack Newton. Got a question for you. Why'd you make so many suckers? You say love never endeth. Well, I say love never starteth. You say the meek shall inherit the earth, and I say the only thing the meek can count on is getting the short end of the stick. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yes, uh, you know, why are there so many suckers out there? You know, why are people so head in the clouds? I, you know, I watch the, uh, I use that clip from the movie A Leap of Faith. Uh, you know, I go through, I go through my whole stories, and I find that, you know, by the time I get to the end of what I'm going to talk about, I get an idea of what, uh, what kind of clip I want to open up with. And, uh, and, you know, I was watching the Democrat debate this week, and, and the Democrat uh, town hall this week, and I just wonder who buys this BS. Who you know? You see the the auditorium full of kids, and they just, oh yeah, this is what we're gonna do. And and Hillary just talking about like 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 she's a savior. She's like she's like she's just gonna. It's just amazing to me. Just who buys this? And you know, I want to tell the kids, hey, you know, you're listening to Bernie tell you you're going to have free college, you're going to have free this, we're going to have free that, and you shouldn't have to pay for this, you shouldn't have student loans and all the all this. And I say, you know, who do you think's going to pay for that? You guys are going to pay for it because, you know, uh most of us that are productive and make money and pay taxes, we're going to be gone in 20, 30, 40 years, certainly, certainly in 40, I, you know, I, I think I'm going to live to about 120 and I'm, uh, and I'm 54 now. So I, I don't know, maybe I'll, uh, not quite make it to a hundred or 120, but, uh, we're going to do our best, but you just figure the kids are going to be the ones, the, the young kids that are just getting out of college, you know, 20 years from now, they're going to be in the heart of tax paying time. And there's going to be 90% taxes because there's all, who knows? Who knows what? Who knows what it's going to be? It's just ugly, and people. You know, Bernie Sanders said one thing. Oh, I think I think Barack Obama did a did a splendid splendid job last seven years. If you remember, remember, uh, uh, two thousand eight, we was losing eight hundred thousand jobs a month, and now look, everything's all stabilized. He didn't do anything. He borrowed eleven trillion dollars since since he took office. We're in debt eleven trillion dollars. Who's going to pay that? Wake up, America. I can't believe how many people are so disengaged, uninformed, and misinformed, um, or just don't even care about this stuff. And so I rant. Say, you know what? This is the reason I have a, have a radio show, because uh, I feel like uh, somebody needs to tell you the truth and say it to you in a 
uh, easy, ex- easy, understandable way and do it all within one hour so you don't have to spend your whole week watching the news like I do. So uh, anyway, so that is my service to you, all my loyal listeners. So anyway, uh, we're going to talk about lots of stuff that went on this week that hopefully uh, if you haven't seen it, You'll uh, you'll you'll be enlightened, and if uh, if you saw it but didn't really absorb it, I'm going to help you absorb it. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Marina Valley. Also, offices in Corona, Temecula, Downey, Westlake Village, and Orange to service all of Southern California and soon to be uh, West Covina. Um, I think we found our location, uh, but we'll uh, that will be soon to follow. Um, if you're interested in getting the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. If you want to talk to me or if you want to get some information without talking to me, you just want to get some uh, information. You don't want anybody to hear your voice because you're, you're calling from work and you don't want anybody to know your stuff, your personal stuff. Wait till your lunch break so you're not stealing time from your boss and uh, go to edhoffman.net. Click on apply now. Fill in as much information as you feel you want to give me up front and then uh, let me know how much information you want back from us. You'll hear back in any communication uh, form that you want. Uh, You'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, or Justin Clark. And we will get you dialed in. We'll help you finish the puzzle of your financial and real estate, uh, real estate picture for you. Your pick, your life, your life, and the real estate part of it. Um, if you want to hear anything uh, repeated, or if you want to share this show, uh, you can also go to edhoffman.net, click on listen to the main event, and you can hear this show as well as four past shows. Or you can uh, uh, go to iTunes and get the podcast. Uh, search iTunes, go to iTunes on your iPhone, your iPad, your iWatch, your iBalls, your uh, i something else, iPad, pod, phone, computer. Uh, anything else you can get I've, I've, uh, iTunes on and search Ed Hoffman. You'll get my podcast and you can subscribe for free. You can listen to it once or you could make it download to your device once a week. And then you could hear it wherever and whenever you want. So you can stay up on what's happening. Then I guess you can waste the rest of your week um, watching sports, Super Bowl or something else. So anyway, uh, uh, be doing something uh, more fun, less productive. Uh, you can also, if you want to follow me on, on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, E D H O F F M A N. Uh, I'll tweet about I tweet about current events all week long, and uh, sometimes uh, while the while the debates are going, I'm ranting on individual comments. Uh, drives my wife crazy sometimes because she thinks I'm not paying attention to her. Um, because I'm tweeting about tweeting about what the stuff that she's saying. Oh, you got to be kidding me! Say, hey, you said it. I just tweeted it. So, uh, uh, or you could Facebook search our uh, the main event five ninety. Find our show page. Uh, you can read my weekly columns on IE Business Daily. That's iebusinessdaily.com. Click on the opinion tab to see my full list of columns. This week's column is on the Iowa caucus, which I'm going to talk about in just a minute. Um, what else did I forget to say? I can't remember. So anyway, uh, uh, anyway, just so you know, if you need financing, 855-640-2020. I don't talk about it very much. 
uh, on the show because uh, it's boring and we do all the same stuff as everybody else. The only difference is we give you better service and you talk to people who actually think like you. So if you're uh, if you're ne- if you're in need of something uh, in the finance line, reverse mortgages, forward mortgages, purchases, or refinances, you want to talk to someone with a brain that has common sense. We'll do what's right for you. Eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Okay, so let's talk about what happening uh, this past week on uh, in America, the Iowa caucus was Monday night, which uh, apparently, for those of you who don't know, that's uh, Iowa in, uh, I think, is Nevada do caucus too? I think there's two or three states that do caucus, which apparently they get together in a room and they and they uh, they do some kind of a, a rover, red rover, red rover, uh, send someone right over or something. I don't know. They do, uh, they do some kind of thing where they get people to stand in groups and, and uh, try to get other people and, you know, here, here's who I'm voting for, something like that. Anyway... Not sure for sure because I've never done it because uh, I've never been to Iowa, and uh, if I was to, was to go to Iowa, I guess caucus night would be the night I'd go because I don't know what else there is to do. But what isn't what's in Iowa to see? Cornfields? Nobody's paying attention. Okay, Dan saying yes, cornfields. Okay, I like corn. I guess you could go to uh, the 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 bay. Isn't that where they? Uh, if you build it, they will come. Where? Uh, okay, so we can go play baseball in. Uh, in uh, Kevin Costner's uh, baseball field in his cornfield, um, or not? Um, so, uh, so uh, the the Monday night on the Republican side, Ted Cruz was the winner with twenty seven point six percent of the vote. Donald Trump was second, twenty four point three. Marco Rubio twenty three point one. Third place, Ben Carson came in fourth with nine point three. Everybody else was between two uh, percent and uh, and no percent. Um, Remember, historically, the winner of Iowa caucus rarely goes on to win the party's nomination. I think uh, I think the last time the caucus winner in Iowa uh, actually got the nomination was, I think, was it ninety six? Bob Dole. I don't know. I don't remember. So it's it's ninety six or two thousand one of those. And uh, um, last time uh, Romney got second in the in the uh, Iowa and uh, to Rick Santorum. And the time before Huckabee won it, and Romney was still second, and uh, McCain was fourth, and he ended up getting the nomination. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens to this. I don't think uh, I don't. I'm not sure they got it right this time either. Um, but Ted Cruz treated his victory like he just won the presidency. Actually, almost like actually like he just got anointed pope. Um, let's hear a little piece of his speech. Let me first of all say. To God be the glory. Tonight is a victory for the grassroots. Tonight is a victory for courageous conservatives across Iowa and all across this great nation. Tonight, the state of Iowa has spoken. Iowa has sent notice that the Republican nominee and the next President of the United States will not be chosen by the media. Will not be chosen by the Washington establishment. Will not be chosen by the lobbyists but will be chosen by the most incredible, powerful force where all sovereignty resides in our nation by we, the people, the American people. 
Well, you know, I need a little hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And all, need, all he needed was a little Patty LaBelle in the background. Are you ready for a miracle? Are you ready for a miracle? Are you ready? Are you ready for a miracle? Doesn't that, doesn't that, uh, doesn't that music just get you ready to go to church and happy and ready for a miracle? Yep, uh, you know, I was on the leap of faith uh, moment when I heard that and heard that and said, yep, well, all the, all that Cruz needs a little Patty LaBelle behind him. So uh, Cruz's victory was uh, uh, a little short-lived. And, you know, he just, I just, you know what? What I don't, what I didn't like is just how Cruz just felt like he just got anointed. And some of his speeches for the next couple of days um, were just like, hey, it's Iowa, man. It's just a little tiny state. The only reason it gets so much attention is because it's first. Okay, I was excited to watch it because it's first, but it's still Iowa. Anyway, Cruz's victory was short-lived because it uh, quickly became apparent that the Cruz campaign had played some dirty tricks in order to steal away votes from Ben Carson. Um, it started on CNN. It started on the Communist News Network uh, with the exchange between uh, Jake Tapper and Dana Bash. Let's play that. Listen Almost carefully. Every single candidate is going to be going directly from here to uh, New Hampshire right. to campaign, except for the man in fourth place, who a few months ago was in first place here, Dr. Ben Carson. Ben Carson is going to go back to Florida, to his home, regardless of how he does tonight here in Iowa. He's going to go there for several days. And then afterwards, he's not going to go to South Carolina. He's not going to go to New Hampshire. He's co- going to come to Washington, D.C. But, but it's very unusual. Very unusual. To be announcing that you're that you're going home to rest for a few days, not going on to the next site. If you want to be president of the United States, you don't go home to Florida. I mean, that's just bottom line. That's the end of the story. Well, you know, that's up for debate. But uh, apparently uh, Carson said that, hey, he's he's going to go home, get a fresh set of clothes, spend a spend a few hours with his wife, because that was uh, that was Monday night. Tuesday, he had to uh, be in Washington, D.C. in the morning and uh, for some national press club um, that he was had been scheduled for. And the following day, he was speaking at the uh, National Prayer Breakfast, So, uh, which uh, we'll talk about in, in a little bit. So that means, hey, he, he's uh, up there Monday night. Tuesday, Wednesday, he's got to be in Washington, D.C. So from Iowa to Florida is, what, an hour and a half flight? Um Hasn't probably seen his wife. I can't imagine that if if I was doing that. I know my wife wouldn't travel with me because if I, if I filed for candidacy, she'd file for divorce. So I'd be single anyway. Um, so I wouldn't have any wife to go back to. But apparently uh, um, uh, Ben's, Ben's wife is, is, uh, is being more patient with him. And uh, so, but I can imagine she probably wants to see him sometime. And I don't think it's re- uh, realistic that uh, that any wife would be on the road with their husband for this rigorous kind of a schedule full-time when they don't have to. Why would they want to? Um, so he goes goes home to get some clothes and, and get a refresh. And, hey, you can think of it. He left He left before the caucuses were done. So let's say he leaves about dinner time. He's there by, by uh, you know, he leaves at, let's say, 4 o'clock. He's there for dinner, has dinner with his wife. Gets some, uh, gets a new load of clothes and gets to sleep at home in his own bed and gets up early and hits the, and and jumps on a plane over to Washington D.C. There's another hour flight from there and everything's back on. He's been he's been campaigning everywhere. I don't think that's an unreasonable thing. So that's Wednesday, Thursday, 
right? Tuesday, Wednesday, thir- what's he do on Thursday? Uh, I don't know what he did on Thursday, but then Friday, he's, I don't know. So anyway, he's uh, he's doing whatever, and then Saturday's got a debate, so maybe he's prepping for the debate, and then he'll be he'll be doing the 24-hour thing on, on Sunday, Sunday or 48-hour scream on Sunday and Monday before the uh, primary on Tuesday. That doesn't seem like an unreasonable thing. Um, especially when most, most all the votes are going to hinge on the, on the uh, debate on uh, Saturday night, which Saturday night Republican debate, that sounds like a Democrat thing. So maybe it's true. Carson should have gone. Maybe he shouldn't have gone home. I think maybe he should. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, skip campaigning in New Hampshire and, and South Carolina. I don't know that he's not going to South Carolina, but the real stores story is how Cruz campaign leaked the information and misled the voters into thinking Carson was dropping out. Here's the weak statement that Cruz spokesman Rick Tyler, and if you see Rick Tyler was all over TV all week, and that guy is about as he's he has to be the worst guy you could put as a campaign spokesperson because he's a wimp. But uh, here's what he said. Some are saying that, well, you guys went out there and said Ben Carson's dropping out. Is that true? No. Look, it's a, it was a legitimate news story, Sean, and we report to our campaign important new developments in the campaign. And so the idea that that Dr. Carson would not leave Iowa and he would go right and go right to Florida instead of going to New Hampshire, South Carolina. That's a legitimate news story. That's something that we shared. But we never said or speculated, nor did CNN, that he was dropping out. Oh, no, it's a legitimate news story because, number one, CNN, I don't know that they said that, but they kind of inferred that no legitimate presidential candidate. Uh, takes a couple of days off right before the primary. Um, well, they don't know. And uh, and then he said, oh, you know, we never said it, but, you know, he says no, the campaign never said that he was dropping out, but actually they did via a tweet uh, sent in the final hours of the caucus, and it said, uh, and it said from Ted Cruz, I'm looking at it right now, CNN is reporting that Ben Carson will stop campaigning after Iowa. Make sure you tell all your peeps all your peers i gotta get some new glasses um make sure you tell all your peers at the caucus supporting carson that they should uh coalesce around the true conservative who will be in the race for the long haul ted cruz i don't know if you blast out a tweet like that and tell everybody that he's out he's not campaigning anymore after iowa you're wasting your vote um before the before the poll you know there's a reason why on election night they don't release the the east coast results from the polls until late in the they wait until the west coast is closed of course they're still voting in hawaii and alaska but uh but they won't start releasing the results of the of the early states that uh close on the east coast cuz they're 3 hours ahead of the west coast they're still they're still voting and they don't want to influence the other votes but that doesn't work for ted cruz uh, then Handy's other guest attorney and Trump supporter, David Wool, fired back saying Ben Carson may even have cause for a lawsuit. And then they recklessly passed this recklessly unconfirmed information to voters in Iowa, not just said, you know, don't vote for Ben Carson. He's gone. He's not in the campaign anymore, but vote for us. And I got to say, Sean, that is not only potentially civilly actionable in this matter, but it's a potential crime when you recklessly dissuade voters from voting for a candidate okay. with okay, Sean, knowingly false information or false information that is recklessly unconfirmed. Uh, you know, I agree. I agree with that. It's recklessly unconfirmed. They blast that out. And then, of course, uh, uh, Cruz came out and said, "said uh, oh, I, I apologize. But it reminds me of something called, uh, if you remember, uh, uh, what was it called, that thing in Libya? Oh, Benghazi. Oh, yeah. You know, 
the the problem with the Benghazi attack was that um, it happened four weeks, no, six weeks before the uh, six weeks before the uh, the reelection um, the reelection uh, voting day uh, campaign. What well, I don't know the reelection. Uh, what do you call it? It's election day. Election day. Six weeks before election day for uh, Barack Obama's reelection, and he. Telling everybody, hey, uh, uh, Bin Laden is dead and GM is alive. And we got the terrorist on the run. Apparently we did not. That's why they tried to spin it as saying, hey, you know what? This was just a uh, a video and people were spontaneous. Uh, they were protesting and doing all that stuff. They lied. And you know what? You can go back now and prove it. You can prove that they lied, but you can't go back and turn the do the election over. And that's the same thing with, with Cruz and doing that to Ben Carson. He can't go back and redo the election. Now it's only Iowa. But, you know, for the guys that, that aren't uh, Rubio, Cruz, Trump, uh, the, some of the top guys, they're spending so much money to campaign like this while they're not working that uh, it's important for them to do well to keep the donations coming in. So that may, although it's just one little pimple in the, in the, in the country of a state, it's important for them to show that they're that they're succeeding. So I don't think it's uh, I'm I wasn't I'm you know I'm not impressed. Same thing that Rahm Emanuel did. Apparently they had a a cop on video that that shot some guy and uh, and they didn't release any of the information till after the reelection of his uh, after after Rahm Emanuel's reelection for uh, for mayor of Chicago. Uh, I don't know. Did uh, Rahm, what does Rahm Emanuel have to do with Barack Obama and doing uh, shady stuff? Uh, oh yeah, that was his chief of staff for his first uh, term. So anyway, um, these are the these are the plays out of the lying playbook. Um, but anyway, getting back to Cruz, that wasn't the only dirty trick that the Cruz campaign uh, did this, did this week. Just days before the caucus, thousands of Iowa voters re- re- received a campaign mailer that misled them into believing they had committed a voter violation. The ticket, which I'm looking at right now. Looks kind of like an official citation. It says, election alert, voting violation, and further action needed on the front. On the other side, it reads, you are receiving this election notice because of a low expected voter turnout in your area. Your individual voting history, as well as your neighbors, are are public record. Their scores are published below, and many of them will see your score as well. Caucus on Monday to improve your score, and please encourage your neighbors to caucus as well. A follow-up notice may be issued following Monday's caucus. So uh, the next day, Cruz campaign was even more in hot water, and uh, Tyler uh, had to uh, had to answer for it on MSNBC's Morning Joe. The mailer wasn't it very deceptive? I mean, wouldn't you consider that dirty politics if that was done to your candidate? I I could show you lots, lots of mailers that people that I would consider deceptive, uh, but this was reminding people that it was their obligation and duty to vote. And these are people who don't normally vote that we think would vote for Ted Cruz, and and we believe through the follow-up calls we got a lot of those people to say they would vote for Ted Cruz. Yeah, and the follow-up calls. Did you catch that? He said these are people who don't normally vote. Does he mean that because these people knew less about the election process than the average voter, they could easily be tricked into thinking they were receiving an actual citation? I don't know. Kind of reminds me of uh, some of these reverse mortgage companies out there. I did a re- I'll give you an idea. I did a reverse mortgage for uh, a friend of mine's mom um, two and a half, three years ago. And she took all the money out except and she left, uh, I don't know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in in a in a line of credit that she could access anytime she wants. And the longer she waits, the bigger that line of credit becomes. And it never goes away. And she gets a mailer in the thing saying, 
you're in danger if you because you've got an adjustable rate. You're in danger of of losing the money, uh, losing the ability to get money out of your home. So she called me up, panicked, and I said, "You don't lose that." She said, "Because because you're on adjustable rate. You went from two point three something to two point four something, and uh, no, you never lose that." And I'm thinking, you know what? Send me a copy of that thing. That is really deceptive, and that's one of the things that on reverse mortgages, you're not allowed to deceive elders. You have to go through uh, third-party counseling on that to make sure you understand exactly how it works. That never goes away. Will it make your interest accrue faster? Yeah, but you know, it went up to 2.43% or something like that on the interest on her uh, on her reverse mortgage, and the fixed rates are like 45 Eh. I don't know which way which way makes more sense. So, uh, but either way, no payments for us. But you know, your people are being deceptive out there, and uh, I just don't think it's a good thing. You know, back to the Carson debacle. While I still have a little bit of time, um, uh, he reacted to the controversy on Wednesday to see if you think it sounds like someone who thinks Ted is trustworthy. It's clear that there were people who tried to take advantage of a situation, who tried to distort information. There's no question about that. Uh, Senator Cruz told me that he was not aware of that when I talked to him uh, and that he did not agree with that kind of thing. And we'll wait and see what he does to demonstrate that. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Hey, I'm out of time for part one of the main event. We'll uh, pick pick up right after five minutes of commercials and weather and some traffic. Don't go away. Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! And welcome back to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. You won't hear a lot about mortgage lending on this on this uh, show, but if you, uh, if you need some, and it sounds like I have some common sense, and you want to talk to someone with some common sense that will give you straight answers, call me at 855-640-2020. Toll free, 855-640-2020, and we'll get you dialed into any of that stuff. In the meanwhile, I'm trying to straighten out everybody's thinking and everybody's perception. You know, I think everybody has a, has a right to have their opinions, and I think you all have the right to listen to mine. So uh, so here we go. So we were talking about um, Ted Cruz's um uh, deceptive way that he tried to trick people into voting for him. Um, Donald Trump had had his thing to say. You know, uh, just in case you don't didn't catch the first part, how he uh, how they were sending out messages that Ben Carson had got out of the race, and they sent out some mailers that uh, tricked people into going to vote, and uh, that wouldn't have normally done it. And uh, here's Donald Trump's uh, sounding off about it. I think what he did is disgusting. He said that Ben Carson, who's a fantastic guy, had dropped out of the race during the caucus. I think it was a disgrace that he did it, and I don't think it should be even allowed. I think those votes should be taken away, and there were plenty of them. Yeah, and that, that was, and his insinuation is that had he not gotten those extra votes, they would have gone to Carson. That would have brought, uh, that would have given put Carson up in the polls, and it would have put Cruz down. It would have made Trump would have won the state. Which uh, I don't think it makes a big, that big of a deal either way, but it's still still the uh, still the principle of the thing. And then uh, Trump also had one other one other thing to say uh, about Cruz's dishonesty. Go ahead and play that. What kind of people do we have running for office? No, it's honestly, really, really dishonest, and I think I know why. You know why? 
because he was born in Canada. Yeah, that's it, because he was born in Canada. That's better than being born in Kenya, but uh, they both they both kind of sound similar. Um, but you know what? Uh, you know, uh, next week on getting on the on the born in Canada thing, I know a lot of people that listen to the show say, you know what? I like Ted Cruz, and I don't think it's fair that Ed says that he's ineligible to run. I don't know if he's ineligible to run. Just everything I've seen would would everything that I've seen and read tells me he's ineligible to run. And every every uh, every legal person that said, oh no, he's eligible because of this doesn't have any hard evidence. Everything they say, they're they're speculating on what people were thinking. And, you know, this is what they wrote. This is what it says. Let's, you know, I'm not going to make this decision on my own, but, you know, if we have to interpret somebody, somebody needs to make a decision that this is, and I'm not taking any uh, Illinois court that ruled that he's okay to run in Illinois, whatever it is, somebody needs to make clarification. What is a natural-born citizen? And next week we're going to have... Uh, we're going to have two constitutional experts, and my buddy uh, uh, Scott McAfee and I are going to uh, try and clear this up. I suspect, I suspect, because I know how I am, I suspect we'll come to no conclusion. But we're going to try. We're going to try and come to the conclusions, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, Doug Gibbs and uh, Ralph Rossum are uh, ready and uh, have their guns loaded when they come in here on uh, next week to uh, to do that show. So we'll have that coming up. So uh, next in Rubio, Rubio in the in the caucus took third place, um, and just like Ted Cruz acted like he'd won the presidency Monday night, Rubio acted like uh, coming in third was better than winning. Here's a little clip from his uh, speech. For months they told us we had no chance. For months they told us because we offered too much optimism in a time of anger we had no chance. For months they told us because we didn't have the right endorsements or the right political connections we had no chance. They told me that we have no chance because my hair wasn't gray enough and my boots were too high. They told me I needed to wait my turn, that I needed to wait in line. But tonight, tonight here in Iowa, the people of this great state event sent a very clear message. After seven years of Barack Obama, we are not waiting any longer to take our country back. Too much optimism, huh? I have never heard anything that optimistic out of Rubio. I think, I think uh, he resonates with people because he sounds angry and everybody else is angry. All of his speeches are he's angry about what's going on, and I don't think, I haven't heard anything that sounds opt- optimistic on though although you know uh talking to uh to someone uh, an older person one of my clients we were talking politics imagine that me talking politics um and I had and I had said that well if I had my pick my m- as far as I'm concerned the best man for this job is a woman and it's Carly Fiorina but I don't think she's going to make it cuz she's not getting enough enough uh uh airtime to get enough uh to to get enough votes enough support and um, she goes, oh, she's always she's always mad. She's she's angry at men. That's it. I think I, I don't I think she's got a problem. You know, she's always on point And what she's talking about. And she's just serious about what she's talking about. Just like Rubio comes across. How come they say she's too optimistic and she's 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 mad. I don't know. I just perceive maybe it's because maybe it's because I'm mad that I I like that. And I like Rubio. I just don't think the my problem with Rubio is 
is he sounds so scripted all the time. And, uh, and I don't know who wrote his script. And the other side of the coin is um, there's something that some of you adults will understand. Um, number one, he's, his oldest kid is 12. And uh, he's got four kids from six to ages six to twelve, and I think there's some wisdom that comes with raising kids into adulthood. That uh, as you're trying to raise your kids, they also raise you into some wisdom, and you get a different perspective. I tell my uh, I tell my wife and I talk to my son and my daughter-in-law um, as we were watching them raise our kid, raise our grandkids, and say, "Hey, I can see exactly what you're doing wrong," and I'm I'm so much wiser than I was at that in my early twenties when I had my kids. When I didn't know how to raise kids, but I had the energy, and now we have now we have uh, two awesome grandkids, and I could see how to raise them. I just don't have the energy to keep up with them for more than a day at a time. So uh, that's God's evil evil trick on us. Trying to he tries to mess us up. So anyway, uh, I digress. So anyway, because the hype over Rubio coming in third, some are saying he's now the so-called establishment candidate to beat. But the other candidates, some of the other other candidates are saying, hey, not so fast. Here's Chris Christie's opinion. He spent $5 million more than Ted Cruz to come in third. So I don't think that's uh, the kind of triumph that rewards everybody kneeling and stepping out of the way for Marco Rubio. You know what? I got to remind everybody. It's Iowa. Okay. Then Jeb Bush is speaking out. Everybody's going to say, oh, my gosh, Marco Rubio's the guy. He's going to have to earn it. And he's going to have to do what Chris Christie and John Kasich and I do and other candidates do, go to the voters and directly make their case. And uh, my, my next comment on this is, it's Iowa. Okay. And even though Christie's not my guy, I also guess, uh, you know, I also like what he's saying here because it's something that I said, I don't know, as, as recent as uh, – 45 seconds ago. His 60-second memorized speeches, all of which we've heard over and over and over again for the last six years, are getting a little stale and a little tired. And Senator Rubio needs to come up with some new material and needs to start answering questions. It sounds like he's in the witness protection program. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh you know, when, when Rubio goes on, when you when you watch this, even Megyn Kelly had him on uh, the other night. I was thinking I should, I should have got out of bed and taped it on... My, Tape this this clip. Uh, Megan Kelly had him said, "Well, uh, some people say that you're that you're uh, you're scripted." And he and he and she goes, uh, "But you've been on my on my uh, on my uh, show and to answer the questions." And then he and then she asked him a question. And then he 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 acknowledged the question and went on and talked about something else. Did the same thing. Goes into one of his one of his uh, memorized memorized speeches. And you know what? If that's him, I'm okay with what he's saying. But because he says the same thing every time, he doesn't take a breath, and he never says "ah," he never loses his thought, his his train of thought. Uh, either he's not really human, he's a cyborg, or he scripted, he memorized it, and he memorized those words. I don't know who wrote those words. We don't. You can you can tell for sure the difference on Barack Obama when he's reading off a teleprompter. Somebody else wrote those words for him, and he and he says them smooth and nice, and he's all practiced up. But you, when you see him at a t- press conference without his teleprompter, he's ah, 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 ah. And he's just not so smooth. He's a whole different person. Now, I won't say that I'm not smooth sometimes and sometimes I'm not. Um, but when you see every time that Marco comes on and he's telling the same, you know, for the first three debates, all we heard about was his mom is a, was a maid and his dad was a bartender. My dad was a bartender. My mom was a maid, and they had four kids, and they gave us a better life than what we had, and the, the, the you know steered us toward the American dream. That's all good. All that's all good and and fine. 
But you know what? If you if you write some more speeches, if you if you're really thinking, you know, you said that 14 times already to the same audience on TV. So anyway, I go on. So uh, that's that's my that's my little problem with with Marco. He's not experienced enough. Uh, I think he'll be a great president someday if that's really his thoughts. And uh, but I think eight years from now will be better. He'll be uh, more. He'll be more wise. So uh, let's talk about the next thing that that has everybody up in arms this week. Um, Obama, even though he hasn't visited a Christian church throughout his presidency, I think he went to church one time on Easter uh, two years ago. Um, he decided this week to make his first quote unquote first official presidential visit to an Islamic mosque. That doesn't mean he hasn't been at a mosque before, but this was the first official presidential visit to an Islamic mosque. Um, the problem is he chose the Islamic Islamic Society of Baltimore, a mosque that has been linked to an aspiring terrorist, uh, and was, in fact, under FBI surveillance at one point after the arrest of that member. So uh, here's some, here's some uh, of our supposedly Christian's uh, president's speech from the mosque. You've seen... Too often, people conflating the horrific acts of terrorism with the beliefs of an entire faith. And of course, recently we've heard inexcusable political rhetoric against Muslim Americans that has no place in our country. No surprise, then, that threats and harassment of Muslim Americans have surged. Yeah, it's uh, no surprise. You know, uh, harassment of Muslim Americans have surged. I wonder why. Here's why the Islamic Society of Baltimore was placed under FBI surveillance in 2010, because a 25-year-old Muslim convert named Antonio Martinez, doesn't sound uh, Muslim, but he changed his name to Muhammad Hussein. Okay, that sounds Muslim. He started telling other mosque mosque members that he had brothers who could supply him with bomb-making materials to attack a nearby army recruitment center. He was quoted as saying his plans to combat the army came from his interpretation of the Quran's mandate to fight those who fight you. Yeah, that's what the Quran told him. Okay? You know what? When we talk about is uh radical Muslims, radical Muslims are the nice ones because the Quran tells you to to attack and to kill the infidels and do all that stuff. So he read the Muslim and it says fight those who fight you, so he's going to He's gonna get a. He's gonna get some bomb making materials and bomb the army recruitment center. Here's some more of Obama's speech. Here at this mosque, twice last year, threats were made against your children. I've had people write to me and say, "I feel like I'm a second class citizen." Yeah, twice last year, your kids were threatened. Threatened. He's talking to the Muslims. So twice, twice they were threatened. How many times did the Muslims uh, threaten us? I don't know how many times do you get do you get Christian people threatening uh, threatening people. How, how often do you get Christian people threatening people because of what uh, religion they are or Jewish people? I don't know. I just don't see that that often. Maybe maybe the news uh, suppresses it. Um, how many times do you hear hear the Muslim people uh, threatening everybody who's not Muslim? Uh, about, I don't know, a couple times a week. It's starting to get, you know, you guys that don't think this is a problem, pull your head out of the sand and wake up. Because guess what? Guess what's happening here, folks? The Muslim people are coming to this country because we should we should welcome 
all cultures and let them and be respectful of their their cultures and let them let them uh, open up their mosque and worship like they want. Where's that city? There's a city in uh, in Michigan just outside of Detroit um, that was on that they did a report on. In fact, I thought I was going to talk about it this week, but I forgot. Um, but I'll talk. So I didn't have my notes here. But it's called Ham Tramped, I think H A M T R A M CK, something like that. Hamtramck. And it's uh, the first city in the United States that's majority Muslim. Their city council is majority Muslim. The, uh, the, uh, in the past, the city council has not allowed uh, uh, churches to build, build their uh, churches on main, main uh, streets. But now they've got five mosques built on, on main streets. And you can hear, the, hear the, uh, the call to prayer five times a day in that city. And uh, they, interviewed, they interviewed some guy uh, in, uh, they were a group of Muslims in a, in a, in a restaurant or something. They're talking to him. He goes, yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, I came here cause it's just easy to assimilate. Cause you know, they've got a, uh, like Muslim food in the, in the, uh, the, the food and the clothes and everything in the stores. And, uh, and the one guy says, well, I grew up in California and then I, then I moved to Yemen uh, f- f- in 2004, and I came back here in 2008, and I moved to to Hamtrank or however, whatever, however it said. Um, and they go, okay, what did you do? What did you go to live in Yemen for four years for? Well, to learn the language and you know some of the songs or something. You know, learning to to play uh, to play the reindeer games. I want to learn some Muslim games, and I want to learn some Muslim songs. And I want to learn some Muslim language. BS. You're being trained to be a terrorist. You know what? Uh, what was his name? Uh, Yakut uh, Farouk, Farouk uh, East. What was the guy that shot up San Bernardino? Um, Syed Farouk. He was a nice guy. Everybody loved him until he until he wasn't. You could have done all the background checks you wanted on that guy, and he was clean until he wasn't. And fourteen people, fourteen people were dead. Was that the number? Twenty nine and. France and 14 in San Bernardino right here in our own backyards. Guess what? These kids have 12 kids per family and eventually they're going to have more and more and more and more and they get to vote. Well, you know what? That's not going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah, but it's going to happen in our grandkids lifetime. So if you want them to live under Sharia law, then, then, then put your head in the sand and don't, yeah, we don't want it. That's not who we are. Barack Obama says, that's not who we are. He doesn't know who we are. How does Barack Obama know who what Americans what America is about? He's born to a to a Muslim dad. He's raised by a Muslim stepdad in uh, Indonesia, which is ninety five percent Muslim, and all the influences that he had had over the time. We don't even know who this guy is, and you can see from his actions because he doesn't care. He doesn't have any more uh, any more reelections. Um, I don't know. He's talking pretty nice about the Muslims, and he's. He's trying to lecture the Christians about what's going on. I'm just saying. So uh, I wonder why people at this mosque. I wonder why people at this mosque are being harassed by the community. Maybe it's because when the FBI placed an undercover agent there, its leaders objected to being monitored and accused the FBI of entrapment. I don't know. Some guy says, uh, "I know I can get a I can get bomb bomb pieces and." We can uh, bomb the Army Recruitment Center. That's entrapment. Your guy said it. Simply amazing. So let's go on to the next. The next day, the next day after uh, Obama was uh, was uh, praising Muslims and lecturing Christians, 
he went to the national prayer breakfast and pretended to be a Christian. So uh, as for uh, as he has for nearly every year of his presidency, Barack Obama used the national prayer breakfast as an opportunity to lecture Christians about treating Muslims better. And as usual, he started by accusing them of Islamophobia. First, he exploited the Bible, verse Second Timothy one seven, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but the power and love of and, a, and of sound mind. Let's play that. Fear does funny things. Fear can lead us to lash out against those who are different, or lead us to try to get some sinister other under control. Alternatively, fear can lead us to succumb to despair or paralysis or cynicism. Fear can feed our most selfish impulses and erode the bonds of community. You know what? Um, I've said this before, what he said at his uh, State of the Union, but for Obama, the word other means Muslim. So uh, when he talks about some other group, uh, he means Muslim. Let me play that one more time and then think of it. When he says other, that means Muslims. Fear does funny things. Fear can lead us to lash out against those who are different or lead us to try to get some sinister other under control. Alternatively, fear can lead us to succumb to despair or paralysis or cynicism. Fear can feed our most selfish impulses and erode the bonds of community. Yeah. I'm uh, lead us to paralysis. I'm paralyzed by an overdose of BS when I listen to this this ridiculous dribble. Um let me play uh, one more clip and uh, you'll notice uh he's specific, he you know he he's noticed he's able to manage uh manage to let to lecture Christians about Muslims without specifically mentioning either group. Uh but we know what he's talking about. It is a primal emotion. Fear, one that we all experience, and it can be contagious, spreading through societies and through nations. And if we let it consume us, the consequences of that fear can be worse than any outward threat. Yeah, it can. And, you know, I hate to, I hate to uh, leave on... Uh, on something uh, such so, something so ridiculous when we're talking about fear, so I prefer to teach you more about fear by playing this clip from Chasing Mavericks. What happened down there? What do you mean? What happened? I just saw fifteen foot shark. Sure, that's good, you, but that wasn't the question I asked. Why'd you panic? It's fear, I guess. All right, well, one thing you gotta know: fear and panic are two separate emotions. Fear is healthy, panic's deadly. When this place is firing, and I'm talking about 30, 40 foot waves, it's all about fear. If you panic out there like you just did, you die. If you're scared to death, how do you not panic? By identifying the fear and what it is you're afraid of. Not just out there, but in life. Yep, not just out there. Don't panic. Be fearsome. Keep your eyes open. Instruct your kids. Teach, teach your, teach your fellow employees 
about what's going on, not to not to have them panic, but to have you know they should be scared of this stuff. Okay, do something, do something uh, to deal with it. You know, like not vote for Hillary Clinton for a third for a Obama's third term, or or vote for or vote for uh, Sanders to destroy the rest the rest of what's left of America, and or to uh, you know to. I mean, think think about what's what's going on. Hey, we're going to give you free college. Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for that? Um, well, the, we're gonna we're gonna tax all the all the top one percent of the earners. We're top. You know what? If you if you if you tax all the a hundred percent of the top top uh top earners, the one percent or even the five percent, there's not enough to put a dent in the in the uh, in the national debt. It won't pay for all that stuff. So the only way to do it is to stimulate the economy to get more tax money coming in, so and more tax money without taxing taxing the hell out of somebody to where they to where they become unproductive. I will tell you, think about this: if if uh, if Bernie Sanders gets elected and he's going to make the top tax bracket at ninety percent between election day and inauguration day, I'm selling everything I have, and I am going to either move to Australia. Uh, or some other country that I could easily do, or I'm just gonna not have any income. I'm just gonna live on live on this on my assets for four years until we get rid of him, and and I can afford to work again. I will make sure that I have no income. And and do you think that's do you think that is just a, a plan that I came up with, or do you think everybody's gonna be like that? Well, you know what? If we tax corporations at that. What are they going to do? They're going to move their corporations to other countries. That's exactly what I had got in. A, I got in an argument on on Twitter with a guy that said, "You know how come? Uh, you know how come uh, the companies don't care about American people? Companies, the companies care about American people. American co- corporations would rather have their factories in America. They just can't afford to stay in business in America because all the regulations. And I will tell you, as a as an owner of a mortgage company with 170 employees." the the implementation of some of the Dodd Frank rules uh just just the end of last year I had to add a hundred thousand dollars a month of payroll. It's hard to stay in business when you do that folks it's not it's not uh corporations don't like america it's the american the American regulations are going to drive businesses out of this country, and we gotta we gotta think. Logically, don't listen to the dribble that the Democrats say. Anyway, keep the conversation up because my time is up. So for the next uh, seven days, it's up to you guys to keep this conversation going. And uh, I'm Ben Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And I'll be back again with you next week. Hey!